All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is a place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. We got a few things to talk about today, not a whole lot, uh, but let's get right into it. This is the top of the week, so that means we have an MLB update for you. And we're going to start off with some news coming from yesterday. And it looks like the A's and the Royals have pulled off a trade. Uh, the Royals decided to, to send their starting pitcher, Homer Bailey, uh, to Oakland for a double a infielder uh kevin merrill uh for bailey this year he has a record of seven to six uh he's a so far three and one in july uh he has a 4.8 era overall but it's uh, gone significantly down in july he's now sporting a 3.48 throughout this month uh for merrill uh the, the royals are getting a an, a pretty solid uh infielder his stats are well his stat line is currently reading a 246 average a 292 on base percentage and a slugging percentage of 339. Uh, he was drafted by Oakland in 2017 as a 33rd overall pick, uh, and he will be sent to the Royals AA affiliate in Arkansas. Uh, Oakland currently has a plus uh, has a, a plus run differential of 80 uh, with three pitchers with an ERA below four. Uh, pretty much what it's saying here is they outscore their opponents by a lot, and a lot of that is having to do with their pitching staff, which does not get a, give up a lot of runs. I would say three is about three or four is about an average era i really want to say anything between three uh but anything uh, but in reality you really want your pitchers to be having anything i would honestly lower than three uh like i said three is average uh three is going to get you guys within the playoff range but you know you got some real talent there if you have three or more pitchers below an era of four uh the royals are also looking to trade some more uh looking to do make some more trades they're looking to trade their reliever uh jake deekman and also their closer ian kennedy so uh look for the royals to make some more moves uh before the trade deadline the rate the ace could possibly make some more too because they are in the playoff run and we'll be talking about that in just a second. Uh, we have one more news story here, and this is coming out of Philadelphia. Uh, and this is, uh, uh, sorry, involving their reliever, Tommy Hunter. It looks like Tommy Hunter suffered another right forearm strain. Actually, yes, another right, uh, right forearm strain. Uh, he has already spent 82 games of this season out dealing with a similar injury. Uh, in his return, though, he did a, a really good job. Uh, he was able to get out 16 of 18 batters in five in about about a, th a third of five and a third innings so basically uh, basically he was in five innings of work and maybe one extra out yeah so five innings and one extra out uh he was able to get get out 16 to 18 guys so that's uh pretty good right there those are pretty good numbers right there uh but again he has not been able to stay consistent or healthy uh the phillies also have two other relievers david robertson and paul nishik on the injury injury list and all three of these guys are earning up to 26 million dollars this season and they're not playing um all I can say is that it sucks for the Phillies because they are also in the playoff race as well. And if one thing I can say that is keeping them out of uh, of any definitive spot right now is their pitching play. So unfortunately for them, they have not gotten it together. In total, Philly has also had nine uh, relieving uh, pitchers on the injury list, which is the most in the in the uh, in the uh, National League. Excuse me. So of all their backup pitchers, uh, pretty much nine of uh, well, almost all of them at some point in time have spent time on the IL, and that's important because you need those extra innings from those guys. You don't want to wear your starters just out. Um, especially when you're
year trying to make a playoff push. Uh, who knows what type of energy everybody will have, at least for the Phillies, when playoff time comes around, if they're still going to be competitive. Uh, moving on, we're going to go on to the scores from yesterday. Uh, we're going to start off in the American League, and the Rays were able to get it done against the Orioles 4-1. to We also got the Yankees, the divisional leader, out there in the AL East, getting it done against the Blue Jays 4-2. to uh, The uh, Phillies were able, to get, were able to get it done yesterday against the Nationals 4-3 to is the final score there. The Mets got a win against the Marlins 6-2. Uh, the Indians were able to get it done against the Twins 4-3. For the Indians, uh, they were led by their right fielder, fielder Tyler Macon. He had two hits and also RBI. Uh, Carlos Santana, their first baseman, actually their designated hitter, also had an RBI as well. And also two runs. So he was able to reach home twice. And their pitcher, Shane Bieber, uh, he went for six strong innings, gave up five hits, but only three earned runs, and also he had five strikeouts. Uh, for the Twins, their left fielder, Marvin Gonzalez, had three hits in an RBI, and they also got RBIs from their center fielder, Max Kepler, and also their right fielder, Jake Cave. Moving on, we got the Giants. They won, in, they won another one. Uh, this time, they were able to beat the Brewers 8-3. to For the Giants, they were led by their second baseman, Donovan Solano. He had two hits and two RBIs. Uh, their shortstop, Brandon Crawford, also had two hits in an RBI as well, and their pitcher, Tyler Beattie, uh, was able to get the win. He went for six innings, six. Uh, he gave up seven hits, but only three earned runs, and also he had seven strikeouts as well. Uh, for the Brewers, they were led by, of course, one of their all-star candidate, or one of their all-stars, uh, possibly an MVP, MVP candidate in the National League as well. Right fielder Christian Yelich, he had two hits in an RBI. Center fielder Lorenzo Cain and also catcher Yasmani Grandal also had RBIs as well. And you can't blame this loss on the pitcher. On the pitcher, their starting pitcher Julius Shashin, he went for five innings, gave up four hits, but only one on the run and had five Ks. It's the bullpen that it's the bullpen that fell apart uh, this time around. Their backups, uh, they got up six earned runs and had six strikeouts. Moving on, we're going back to the AL. We got the Tigers beating the Royals and some a some AL Central play. Twelve to eight is the final score there. The Cardinals getting it done against the Diamondbacks five to two. The Cubs getting it done against the Pirates eight to three and not ever uh, close uh, in L North. We also got the Astros getting it done in the AL West against the Rangers twelve to four. The A's got it done against the Chicago White Sox three to two. We also got uh, the Braves beating the Padres four to one. And in the big time showdown last night, uh, the Dodgers were able to get it done against the Red Sox seven to four. For the Dodgers, they were led by their center fielder AJ Pollock getting his first action uh, in a while. He went. He had three hits, including a three run home run. Uh, he also put in four RBIs in total. Outfielder. Uh, Alex uh, Verdujo, uh, Verdujo, excuse me. He had two hits in the RBI, and the and their starting pitcher Hunjin Ryu again just keeps coming, uh, just keeps coming strong every game. I think he's definitely a Cy Young candidate coming out of the National League. He went for seven innings, gave up eight hits, but only had two earned runs. He also had six strikeouts as well. For the Red Sox, they were led by their shortstop Xander Bogarts, who had three hits in the RBI, and also their DH J.D. Martinez, and their left fielder Adam Benatendi also had RBIs as well. Alright, y'all, so we're going to wrap it all up for the baseball segment. For now, we're going to go to the standings here. Uh, we're going to start off in the American League, as we normally do, and in the American League East, no doubt. Uh, starting with the number one team, we have the Yankees here. Still, uh, they are the top team in this division. They are 59 and 32, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Up next, we have the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, who have not spent uh, any time in Montreal just yet, but believe me, uh, they are looking to make that part time move soon. 
it's going to be weird with them. But they are currently still the second best team in the AL East, uh, 55 and 46, uh, six and four in the last 10, and they are currently six games back. Finally, uh, we have the Red Sox here in the third place spot, 50 and 43. They are 10 games back. They've also gone six and four in the last 10, just like the Yankees. Uh, we have at the bottom here the Blue Jays and the Orioles. We have already eliminated them from playoff competition. The Blue Jays are now currently sitting at 35 and 59, and the Orioles are sitting at 28 and 65. Moving on to the American League Central, we have the Twins who are still on top, 58 and 34. They've gone 5 and 5 in the last 10. They have the most home runs in the American League. I don't think anybody is going to stop that. Uh, maybe their pitching, uh, their their uh, bullpen can come alive for them in the second half of the season to keep them consistent. That's going to be their biggest thing because the second uh, place team here, the Indians, have come a long way. They've gone 7 and 3 in the last 10. And for the most part, they've been on the upwards projection trajectory uh the indians are also 51 and 44 uh, 51 and 40 and they're currently six six and a half games back uh up next uh the next three teams we have are the white Sox, the royals and the tigers i pretty much eliminated them all from playoff competition uh the chicago white Sox more recently uh but they were slowly getting there too they are 42 and 47 they're 14 uh 14 and a half games back they're also four and six in the last 10 and again round out the bottom we have the royals and the tigers who are 32 and 16 and 29 and 59 respectively moving on to the west we have the astros they're still on top they are 59 and 35 73 in the last 10 but we do have the a's they are um, making a storm this is the time of the year where they really get hot uh they are they are just six games back right now in the division but they are eight and two uh in their last 10 and they're currently standing at 53 and 41 up next, we have the Rangers. Uh, they are 50 and 44. We also have the Angels here at 48 and 46. And we have the Mariners here. Uh, I've eliminated them from playoff contention. I don't even have their record here. My bad job. Uh, but the Angels are 48 and 46, 11 games back. Uh, I don't think that they're able. They're going to be able to close any type of gaps, gaps anytime soon. Unfortunately, they had the uh, the passing of one of their their pitchers, Tyler Skaggs. Uh, I think they might be able to ride that to some momentum. Uh, but I just think the AL West with uh, the Astros are just too stacked right now, and then you have Oakland just competing too hard, and they're looking to get they're looking to retool throughout the season to really push for that wild card and maybe even push for you know for, for a, a divisional win we don't know that just yet um, the A's are getting hot though so I don't see whether the Angels uh, can really close that gap uh, the Rangers gonna stay are gonna stay in the mix for a while now they are nine games back but they're right up on our heels too especially with the if, uh, on the A's heels especially if you're talking about the wild card as well which I'll be getting to in just a second uh, but let's get off let's go off into the National League we're gonna start off in the National League East uh, let's go over these standings real quick we have the Braves they are still on top 57 and 37 is their current record they are seven and three in their last 10 up next we have the nationals at 49 and also 43 seven games back eight and two in their last 10 we had the mall uh the phillies here excuse me at 48 and 45 eight and a half in the last 10 five and five i'm sorry five and five in the last 10 we are also eight and a half games back uh the nationals are seven games back uh but we'll talk about those wild card standings in just a second they are definitely in the mix for a playoff spot this you know, regardless of the situation. And the Marlins, again, I don't have their record here, but just know that they've been eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, we've been talking about them for a while. 
they're they're at the bottom. Nothing's changed from them. And uh, uh, off to the NL Central, we have the Cubs here. Uh, this is probably the most competitive divisions. We still have a few. Actually, the whole division is pretty much within the race of at least winning the division. Uh, I'm not too sure about you know wild cards and all that. I don't think uh, outside of the Brewers, anybody really has a wild card spot outside of them. Uh, but we do have a few teams. We do have everybody here within the mix of winning the division. So let's just go through that real quick. Uh, like I said, the Cubs are 50 and 43. They've gone five and five in the last 10. Up next, we have the Brewers, who are two and a half games back, 48 and 46, three and seven in the last 10. In the third place spot, we have the uh, Cardinals. They are 46 and 45, three games back, six and four in the last 10. Uh, we even have the Pirates, who are still in the mix, 44 and 48, five and a half games back, five and a half, uh, five and five in the last 10. And at the bottom, we do have the Reds, who are 42 and 48, six and a half games back. They're also five and five in the last ten, but I just think that the Reds, um, I think the Reds are just gonna fall out of place at some point. I don't think they can keep up. That's just my opinion. The Pirates, same thing. Uh, I just think the Cardinals are just really built very well. They look like they're struggling right now, but they've had to deal with a lot of injuries in the beginning of the season. Everybody's going to be healthy now at this point in the season. They have one of the better pitching staffs in the division. Uh, the Cubs are looking, in my opinion, they don't look as hungry as they were a couple years back. Uh, I think they, they're going to they're gonna ease up a little bit on the gas and just, just be, get get too complacent and that and they'll play and i think the brewers or the cardinals will probably play play themselves into a divisional title and the cubs will just probably have to scrap and barely hold on to a wild card that's what i'm thinking right now but we'll see uh off to the nl west we have the dodgers they are still on top they are running away uh with this division they are 62 and 33 six and four in the last 10 there's not too much to say unless they could drastically fall off the earth and i don't see that happening until the playoffs because that's the only place where i've seen it happen not to say that it's going to happen this year, but again, if you if if you're a Dodgers hater, your only hope now is that they lose in the playoffs. That's the only thing you got now because they're hot right now in the regular season. I don't see them losing uh, a division where they're already 14 and a half games up. I just don't see it happening. Uh, speaking of which, the Rockies are in that second place spot, 46 and 46, uh, right at 500. Again, I don't see them in the mix, not only to win this division, not only not only to win this division, but not only to, uh, I don't even see them getting a wild card at this point, uh, that being the Rockies, or really anybody in this division right now, really challenging uh, for that wild card spot. Uh, the Rockies are 3-7 and seven in the last 10. Uh, again, just not, just, just haven't turned the corner yet, in my opinion. They have uh, all-stars in terms of the bats. They have Nolan or Renato, but that pitching staff, in my opinion, oh, they also have uh, Charlie Blackman as well, but that pitching staff leads a lot to be desired and that is why they are where they are at right now up next in the third place spot we have the diamondbacks who are also at 500 at 47 and 47 uh, that puts them at 14 and a half games back as well they're also five and five in the last 10 this is another team that i see uh, and i've been hearing a lot about making some possible more moves at the trade dead trade deadline just to open up some more assets so look for them to probably even take it this team will probably take a step back as well. Um, again, the Dodgers are just too far removed from these guys. There's no competition right now. I don't see anybody really challenging at this point. Uh, at the four-place spot, we do have the Padres. They are at 45 and 48. So, again, the Padres have been slipping up a little bit as well. Um, and finally, at the bottom, we have the Giants here at 43 and 49. 17 and a half games back. Um They've definitely come alive before the break. Uh, they're eight and two in their last ten. Uh, but again, I, I just don't see 
where where that gets them anywhere. That's just my opinion. I'm sorry, guys. I'm uh, sorry to all my Giants fans, but again, y'all suck this year. Uh, we're going to go off to the wild card real quick. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, at this point in the AL, we have the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's. They are at the top of your wild card standings at the moment. Of course, Tampa Bay is 53 and 40. The A's are 53 and 41. Uh, the other couple, uh, the other couple of teams that are in the mix at the moment, uh, we have the Indians here at 51 and 40. We also have the Red Sox here at 50 and 43. Uh, what you can see about the A's is that they are definitely in a battle. Uh, I would still put them in the battle for the AL West. So we don't know how good they can be there and this is the, again this is the summertime they are they are known to get hot right around the july august time of year um you know i'm still gonna i still have them uh fighting for a wild card just because i just see uh houston again eking this division out uh but i think they'll have enough uh, i think the a's have enough firepower to beat out tampa bay for that first slot and that that uh, that wild card game uh as far as the indians and the red sox go uh the indians they're getting hot again as well. Um, there's, I mean, they can definitely push and even win their division as well. So I will keep an eye on them as well. Uh, as far as the Red Sox go, I, with the A's playing the way they are, Tampa Bay playing the way they are, even the Indians just getting hot. I and I saw the the Red Sox play last night against the Dodgers. I just don't. I just don't see it. I just don't see them holding on and holding on to a wild card spot. I, I don't see them making the playoffs this year. Just from what I've seen, um, they're just a, they're just a step down from last year. I don't know what it is, uh, but I don't see the same squad. I don't. I'm sorry, guys. Moving on to the National League, we have the Nats on top, which is surprising to me because we've talked about them for a few weeks. They've been clawing and itching. Uh, they were at least third place in that division in that in uh, the NL East, uh, but they've clawed and crashed, cra uh, uh, clawed and scratched their way to a 49 and 45 record. I think they can hold on to it. They have a great pitcher in Max Scherzer. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely a side, definitely a side young candidate next to Hinjin Ryu for the. Dodgers, um, Max Scherzer gets a lot of strikeouts. He commands. Uh, he has a lot of command on the mound. Uh, the question is, can they drive in enough runs in order to uh, be a balanced team? That is going to be the question. Uh, and, you know, for what it's worth, uh, they're also in a division in which the leader has given up a tremendous lead. They did it last year. Uh, and I'm talking about the Atlanta Braves, a team that I've already talked about and highlighted as well. And they're even, you know, they still, there's still an opportunity that they win the NL East of uh, the Nationals. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on them as well. Uh, but they're definitely a good, a, a good lock at this point, I would say, uh, to take care of this, this, this wild card spot. Up next, we have the Phillies at 48 and 45. I talked about them. Uh, they're looking okay right now. Uh, they actually struggled against the Nationals in that in that their weekend series. They might have won the, the finale, but they struggled in that series against the Nationals. Uh, they don't really have any relieving help right now. Uh, their pitching, their bullpen uh, is much maligned. I don't know if they can stay healthy. They have, a, like I said, they have Paul uh, Pat Nishik out and also uh, Robertson, their other reliever. They're both out. I don't see where they stay. They stay in that mix for too long. I just see them falling off a little bit at some point, at least by the end of this month, uh, at some point in August. I would even say at some point in August, they just kind of because I don't think they have they don't have what they don't have the, the enough depth in the pitching staff to do it right now. And they're definitely not winning that NLE. Sorry, guys. Sorry for the fans. 
y'all gonna have to be out too. Uh, I like the Brewers' chances, but again, uh, depending on where the Cubs fall, because again, uh, the NL Central is the is the most competitive uh, division in baseball right now. So you have a situation where you have the bottom two teams here, the Cardinals and the Brewers. We have an opportunity to to win that division. Uh, that'll be the only the only way. Um, no, because even if even if the Brewers or the Cubs they pull off an upset in the NL Central, then that would just mean the Chicago Cubs would get that spot, possibly. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't like the Phillies' chances right now. I don't. Uh, as far as the, the Brewers and the Cardinals go, uh, I like. I like both their chances to even win in the division right now. There's so much to be, there's so much baseball to be played right now, and in that division, uh, they're just they're. I mean, they're not. I mean, one team's winning, one team's losing, uh, one team's on top for a couple of days. The other team is. I mean, in the next day later, there's another team on top for a couple of days. Uh, the NL Central is going to be one of those races. Like I said. We won't really know the winner to the last day of the season. So as far as uh, the wild card is concerned right now, uh, I can see the Nationals holding on to definitely their spot. Uh, but I do see the, the second spot going to a winner or to a member of the NL Central at this moment. All right, y'all. So I'm going to call it a quick break. Uh, when I come back, we'll be talking some NBA, just the main trade that uh, that we've that we saw occur over the weekend with Russell Westbrook and your boy CB3. We're going to talk a little bit about that and what I think it means for the league right now and uh, what I think it means for the, the well, the outcome of these two guys' careers. So uh, I'll be right back, y'all. All right. All right, y'all. I am back. So I'm sure y'all know about the monster trade that happened over the weekend. Russell Westbrook, albeit with a bunch of draft picks, and CP3, both pretty much switched places. That uh, pretty much, well, that reunites Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And, uh, well, CP3 uh, ends up going to another young, another young squad. Um, we don't need to break down the, the stats too much and all that because we already know Russell Westbrook is a triple-double man. Uh, we know that Chris Paul has fallen off a little bit. He'll get you about 20, 18 to 20 points a game and some assists. And we already know that James Harden is a 30-point. At times, he can average you about 30 points a night. So we don't need to break all that stuff down. Um, I, I, for today, I just want to just break down, in my opinion, why I think it's going to be successful or not successful. Um... You know, I think it could be successful for one because there is there is somewhat of a rapport between those two players. Uh, they've uh, between Westbrook and Harden. They played together on the OKC Thunder. Uh, they even went to a championship together. They won a, a conference championship with each other with, the, with each other as well. Uh, the but what I will say is. Um, their games, of course, they're albeit a little bit slightly different to fit the personas of each player. Uh, I don't see where having the two of them emphasizes any real team uh, play style or any team structure. Again, we're talking two ISO heavy ball handlers. And I think that you know, in the 2000s, if this was 2001, 2002, maybe even 2003 or 2004, uh, this would be great. Uh, but we're dealing in a we're in a league where uh, you're everything is based a lot of these a lot of successful teams based what they do off of ball movement. 
Uh, we saw what Golden State was able to do against Portland in that conference finals. Uh, and albeit uh, Portland uh, had very capable shooters, they had a very capable offense. Of course, that's why we led throughout. And uh, we pretty much led throughout every game. But what I saw and what I can, what I've continued to see over uh, just the, you know the duration of the Golden State of their time of prominence was they moved the ball very well. And everybody got a chance to influence or put into the offense. I just don't see, in a lot of cases, where Russell Westbrook and James Harden is going to be enough. Um, again, they still have P.J. Tucker, who's going to play tremendously on defense. You do have Clint Capella, who's going to play pretty well underneath the rim, but that's all he offers you. Uh, you do have some spacing with Eric Gordon, but again, these guys are older. And outside of, let's be honest here, outside of P.J. Tucker, and again, you have Clint Capella who can play under the rim defensively, you don't have any other defensive real attributes. I mean, I mean, uh, for what it's worth, yeah, you don't. Because we saw what Russell Westbrook did against Damian Lillard in the first round of this year's playoffs. Uh, we know what James Harden can do defensively. So, again, I don't see where you got a, ten a tenacious leader. I don't see where you got a tenacious defender who's going to go after the, the best player uh, on the, on the backcourt every night. I don't see where you, they've done that. Uh, they definitely made a splash in terms of a name, sure. And I think that if that's really what you wanted, what it was all about, if that's, if that's what basketball has always been about, then sure, you, you've won. But it's not about that. You're going to have to win with these guys. And, and to be honest with you, you can say what you want. Neither one of those guys really has outside of the one moment where they had together with Kevin Durant because we're 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 discluding the fact that that year in 2012 they had they had Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, and they had Scott Brooks for what it's worth. Mike D'Antoni sucks as a coach. I'm sorry. You have a, a star pointing guard who shoots who scores really great, but he doesn't want anything. You have a star, uh, and, I, and, and, and and for what it's worth, guys, you know, I hear, I mean, the media says what they want to say, and, and, the, and the pundits are going to say what they want to say about these guys, and I'm going to say this. There's nothing wrong with what they do in terms of how they play basketball, but if you ask me, both of those guys are a little bit overrated. They don't win anything. Russell Westbrook triple-doubled out. He cannot beat Damian Lillard. Sorry. Take that L. You didn't even guard. You didn't even attempt to guard Damian Lillard on that last play. So I don't. You know I, I'm. St you know I don't really. You know it sounds all good on paper, but logistically, li I mean you you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see that team do something together. We have we have James Harden, somebody who needs some. I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that 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 Russell Westbrook can't be this guy. And but these are just observations that I've seen from both of these guys. I remember uh, the last, not this year, not this year's semifinals with the Warriors, but last season when they had, uh, they went to the conference finals. I remember that with the game five, I think when they went up, like three games to two or whatever. I saw, and I think I mentioned this last last time around, like when it last year, but I remember vividly seeing Chris Paul just at. James Harden's head for like a good few minutes just trying to get that man to stay focused. You could just tell 
And I knew right there, if Chris Ball ever goes down in the series, it's a wrap because James Harden does not have no attention span. Oh, I'll just shoot the basketball. That's all he, I'm sorry, that's all he does. And I'm sorry, there's more to basketball than shooting baskets, making 30 points a game, making triple doubles. You got to win games. You got to win playoff series. These guys don't do that. I'm not impressed by the move. I don't think this makes Houston great, in my opinion. I think people have been overhyping Houston from the beginning. I keep telling y'all that. I'm sorry. I was going into this year like, mm, Houston, they're okay. Blah, blah, blah. Then when they were middle of the road, I was like, okay. I, I was expecting it. Then they got hot a little bit. I got. I mean, I didn't even really get concerned. I mean, because I just, I just know who's on that team. You don't have. You don't. I, I'm sorry. You don't. You don't have a true leader on that team. And yes, you have scoring. Yes, you have volume scoring. But do you have efficiency? Do you do you really have that? No, you don't even have that now. You don't have a leader. You don't have efficiency. You don't have a great defender. You didn't really have that with Chris Paul. I'll give you that. But you really don't have it now because I don't even think Russell Westbrook has the audacity to go get after guys like that. I saw that last shot in that Portland series. He, Damian Lillard was his man. Why was the small forward playing defense on Damian Lillard on that last shot? You tell me. You tell me. You tell me. If you ask me, they're both a little bit overrated. I don't. I don't really see where bringing them together makes Houston that great. The Lakers are still better. With the move that the Lakers made, the Lakers are still a better team. Um, I still think Portland could give them a run for their money. I'm sorry, I I did not have that. I didn't really, and I'm just maybe maybe because I was already not didn't really have a whole lot of love for Houston to begin with. But I just don't see where adding Russell Westbrook really changes the identity of that team. It makes them championship caliber. I mean, I still think the Warriors could challenge them. The Warriors could still probably beat them. They're not beating the Clippers. So why are we talking about this? Just two guys who could just two. If you ask me, they're two flash and pan guys. No substance. I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep it. I'm just gonna keep it dead honest with you guys. And this is what I've seen from, 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 from James Harden and Russell Westbrook over the past few years. Maybe playing together and going back and maybe jogging those memories of a time where they actually played together. Uh, both of those guys played really, you know, really good team basketball together maybe that might jog some memories maybe that's maybe that's what they can do uh as far as okc goes and and them getting chris paul the word on the street is he might be traded to somebody else so i don't know uh what i'm not i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep the uh the door open on him uh, as far as you know what he could do uh, so I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna make too many predictions on what I think can happen with OKC. But if he does decide, if he or if all else will, if things fall through, and he has to stay with OKC, I, again I don't see. Well, they they got Landry Shamet. Oh, I'm sorry, Shai Gilgis Alexander. Uh, they got a few draft picks coming in. So I mean, it's still gonna be ugly for them too. Uh, they'll be a, they'll probably be a little bit worse off. Uh, I don't see where anybody necessarily won the trade, uh, per se, because again, uh, both both teams got large, expensive contracts. Yeah, uh, Russell's might run out a little bit, you know, sooner. But again, that's still a lot of money. They can't make really any other moves. Uh, so Houston is still strapped. They're strapped with. Um, they're gonna be strapped with 
Russell. They're going to have uh, James Harden. Uh, they're going to have um, P.J. Tucker and Kit Capella. That's pretty much what they're stuck with, and maybe some Aaron Gordon. Uh, in terms of OKC, they're going to have – I don't even know what they're going to have. So, again, so OKC is going to be a little bit worse off. But, I mean, they have draft picks, so that's where they got that. I mean, they were, of course, I think the whole point for them was to just say, look, we're going to build for the future. Uh, I don't really see – and with that being said, because I, I think if they were – if they're really serious about really doing some winning and – and all that, they probably would have kept Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook. I think since they traded Russell Westbrook and they looked at the haul they got for him, I think they'd be willing to trade Chris Paul to open some things up. Because again, I've been, you know, it's a rumor. Now, this is all rumor mill This is all rumor mill shit. Uh, so he could find his way. Chris Paul could find his way to the Lakers. We could see that happening. Uh, again, that could make them a little, definitely make them deadly. We don't know, you know, just how true that is. We'll just have to see if it happens. Uh, but I think that could be interesting as well. Uh, but as of now, you know, I, you know, I do feel that Chris Paul could be moved. He probably should be moved because I still think he has enough capability to lead an inadequate squad, meaning a, a, a squad with, with an all-star, maybe another one, maybe two all-stars, whatever, whatever banana boat conglomerate you have, uh, or whatever type of situation you want to have. At least as long as the situation is going into and the player that he has are decent, uh, we have a situation. Let's say, for instance, you know, I don't know, technically speaking, um, where could he go? Where could he go and play? I, well, honestly, I don't know where, where he could go play with that big-ass contract. So. He might just be stuck there, y'all. I'm trying to think about it right now. I'm not a I'm not a budget person. I'm not a budget and money all thinking about I'm not a person who thinks about that too much. Well, where can he go and play with this? Where can he go play with this with this contract? I don't know, guys. I really don't. Um I think both teams, you know, they made the move that they had to make. And uh we'll have to wait till next year to see how it all plays out. All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. Uh, for this week, I got another review plan for you guys. I got Starsky and Hutch in the works. Another movie from the mid-2000s or early 2000s that I really enjoyed. I'm going to be talking about that one with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson with appearances from Vince Vaughn and also your boy Snoop Dogg as well. Uh, I also got another edition of my California, well, my Golden State Issues series. I will be releasing that to you guys sometime this week, maybe later on this week. I just got to finish up some notes there. And then, of course, we'll have a, uh, we'll have a word on the street segment, an official news segment uh, within the next couple of days as well. All right, y'all, if y'all looking to get in touch with me, you know who I am, L. Jamal Ajani, and I can be reached at Facebook and Instagram with the same name e-l-j-a-m-a-h-a-d-j-a-n-i once again that is e-l-j-a-m-a-h-a-d-j-a-n-i l jamal johnny is the name i am also on uh snapchat as well at j butler and uh if you're looking to reach me on my email i can be reached at ljbutler75 at gmail.com once again that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com e-l-j butler b-u-t-l-e-r 75 at 75 at gmail.com i also have a cash app as well if you'd like to donate and a paypal as well i will be putting up links uh on the facebook shortly and on the instagram as well so please check those out if you follow me or if you're a friend of mine on facebook and i also have a facebook page for the show as well at never out of bounds check it out uh i will be putting up some new content over the course of this week share content some content of my own so like i said 
just keep an eye out for that as well. All right, y'all. This is your man. Once again, El Jamal. I'm signing out. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And you have a good day. All right now.